Hello, this is Ian Hunter from Mot the Hoople and Points Nearer. <laughs> and I'm pushing Brando's show here. He's got a great podcast. You know, listen to listen to Brando while he's saying he's making sense. You know where you are. This is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 399. My name is Brando. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Ian Hunter. How are you, sir? One off 400. Congratulations. It's crazy. It's uh, But this is as monumental as just a number. I mean, to get to speak with you, uh, Mr. Hunter, Ian, a uh, legend of this business for, for decades to come, and, and just the fact that uh, you're still doing it and excited to talk to you about Defiance today. So uh, if I may ask, where are, you, uh, where are you located today or is that a mystery? No, no, I'm in Connecticut today. I just got back uh, last night. Yeah, I was in New York. I just got back up here. I've got a house in Connecticut. Uh, okay, mm-hmm. whereabouts in New York? Because that's where I am. I'm in Queens. I was on 63rd. Okay, I'll, I'll pretend I know where that is. I'm lucky. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm like Mr. Magoo. You spin me around. I don't know where I am. I'm an embarrassment to New Yorkers. If it's, I need a GPS to go everywhere, but I found it interesting just to read up on the history of this album. That I didn't know that you lived in Connecticut, which yeah, not too far away. What I guess what drew you there though? Now, obviously, given your accent, you're not from the area. So, uh, <laughs> how long have you been uh, living in Connecticut? What drew you there? What drew us here was we were living in New York and I was out with my youngest son on the bus and two guys were walking down the street, a young one and an old one, and the old one turned around and shot the young one. Mm. And I put my hand over my son's eyes as quick as I could. I don't know if he saw it or not, you know, but I just thought I'm out of here. Wow. Uh, And uh, we moved up, you know, we lived a few places north of New York, not far, an hour, you know, an hour and a half. I got you. Well... That'll do it. That'll that'll definitely do it. Uh, it's yeah. it, it is dangerous out here. Well, we're starting off in a very dangerous uh, press. So is that maybe that's part of what sparked this album, where uh, you have songs of just being defiance and I hate hate. Is that where moments like that, a, a traumatic thing like that, is that where you kind of find your need to be creative and get these feelings out through song, or am I overthinking as usual? Not. I hate hate is basically, you know, the heavy left, heavy right, you know, idiots. Um, I know I know about idiots. I was an idiot for <laughs> about 10, 10 years, you know, so I know all about it. Um, shut up. You know, it's, it's not good. This Twitter stuff is not good. Mm. I'm not particularly political, but, you know, like the bomb was invented – it wasn't invented to bomb people. It was vented, It was it was meant to bomb rock to get coal. Nobody thought it would be used for other, for other means, and it seems like TikTok's uh, the latest bomb. Because mm. for as much good as it does, it's it's like uh, it's not good for the other end. I really do agree with you. I, I've often said that if it wasn't for my job, this podcast, that I would be done with social media. Yeah, there are yeah. some good things to it where you can connect with friends you haven't spoken to in a while. Uh, I get yeah. you know cat videos, <laughs> things of of that nature. But uh, I but guess- we managed. We managed. We had phones. We had. We managed before. <laughs> sure, but I, I, I mean that's a good. It's, it's too fast for humans. <laughs> You're right. It's just getting. It's just getting too quick. You know. I mean, I know right. I'm an older guy, so I'm supposed to say that. But when you say you can communicate with your friends, yeah, you can. But but you used to, you know, we used to have the the, the, the letters. You know, we used <laughs> right. to have the phone before. You know, and it's like I can't afford an apartment. You know, hmm. no, we'll go into lodgings. That's what we did. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And you know what? It's maybe it's because I have an old soul. You know, uh, yeah. you're a few what months away from being. 
84 years young, right? Or 85? 84, 84. 84. Don't, don't, wow. Don't add to this. Sorry, sorry. I was, uh, <laughs> so 84, and I'm a few months away from being 40. However, yeah. I appreciated everything you just said completely. So that kind of segues into the album because someone like you who's been making music the way it, the way it used to be made, you know, yeah. uh, a band kind of playing live together in the studio and just the creativity that comes out. But the history mm. of this album didn't wasn't like that it was very it, well it came out because of the pandemic and we're on zoom today and and you're getting pieces from different musicians and you're not so what was that like for you uh to kind of put together an album perhaps different than any other album you've ever done well, i did one spitting the same way it's it has its pluses and its minuses you know when you when you do an, an album normally you go in the studio and uh you know you're up against the clock and uh very often, a rhythm section don't even know what you're talking about. Hmm. They're busy, you know, they're busy finding their parts and they want to play them properly, you know, so they don't have to do it again and again and again. Um, when you do it, when you do it backwards, you put the vocals on first and all the rest of it. It sounds a bit clinical, but it's not in a way because the guitar player and the bass player and the drummer now know what you're talking about. There's a lyric, and there's also the way you phrase. A drummer will, will play to the way you phrase. I mean, I've had two or three of them ring me up and say, don't change the vocal, whatever you do, because they've played to that vocal. And so it's back to front, but it's, it, the musician gets more of a shot. In Once Bitten, Twice Shy, the drums were, were the last thing to go on. And he sat there and watched everything build, and he got it on the second take. You know, so so either way, uh, there's pluses and minuses because when you normally do it in a studio, yeah, the great thing is mistakes. You know, that's what sometimes makes a song special: mistakes. So you mm. miss that when you do, when you do it this way. But in this particular instance, it was COVID. You know, nobody could go anywhere. Right, right. Everybody was. Yeah, my band didn't have home studios. And my manager said, you know, there's some people that do have home studios, you know. Flash has got his own studio. He'll do something, you know. Hmm. And Billy, Billy Gibbons has got his own studio. He'll, and so what, they were all home. They weren't doing anything. And that's how it started out, you know. Who was the first person you reached out to? Was it Slash? I don't know who reached out. I didn't. Uh, I, I was told by, you know, uh, Ross Halfin, the photographer. Yes. Yeah. Very famous. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ross is a mate of mine and he, he likes what I do. So he rang me up and he said, you know, Slash is interested. If, have you got anything that you could do for Slash? And then Billy Gibbons, too. And it's a, then it's a question of which song you send to which artist. Hmm. If there's any intelligence involved, it's it, that's what? Spending the right song to, to the right artist. And I have a mate, Andy York, who co-produces with me, you know. And we would just decide which artist to send which song to. That's got to be a lot of fun, in a way, to say, okay, this one's, oh. one's going to go to Slash. This one's going to go to Billy Gibbons. This one's going to yeah. go to Johnny Depp. So uh, it, yeah. th that's, that's pretty uh, special. So did you ever get a song back and you're like, you know what? Maybe this person will be better, and I can put this on, on on this track. Did you ever switch things around like that at the big early stages? Yeah, we. I think we. Well, yeah, we had one interesting situation where Taylor Taylor Hawkins had done a bit too much symbols on on this particular track, and uh, what? How do you tell Taylor Hawkins? You know, calm it down a bit. You know, <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, Billy Bob Thornton was singing on it. But Billy's a drummer, and he has his own studio. So Billy said, "Look, I'm not as good as this guy, Taylor, but but you know, I've, uh, he's he's too busy, you know." He's, and he said a really nice drum track, Billy Bob. And then Taylor rings me up and goes, "Like, uh, I'm thinking it's a bit too wild on <laughs> on this track. You know, let me do it again." So now I've got like Taylor doing it great, and I got to take Billy Bob off. Because mm. Billy, Billy Bob's done it nicely, you know, but uh, the, you know Taylor's the governor, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's that's a, that, that's an you know when you're dealing with people you don't want to upset, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're right. I understand that they're all uh, friends of yours, and you know I, I read um, a quote when you were talking about the album that you were kind of 
surprised or just like you couldn't believe that all these people said yes. And But here I am. I'm thinking, of course they are. They want to work with the, the legendary Ian Hunter. Does that ever well, dawn on uh, you? No. like, Or is it just like you're all in the same family and you don't even think about that saying, oh, this person should say yes to me, you know? No, I was 10 years out with a ramp band. You know, we did albums and we did tours. I didn't even, my 70s, I never saw. We just, you know, we toured and then we did an album and we toured and we did an I didn't even realize time was going by and I didn't realize I was approaching legendary status. <laughs> I didn't, I never even thought about it. Um, finished up on my 80th birthday mm. at the winery in New York. We did a few nights there. And then uh, two things happened in the September, you know, COVID. And I got tinnitus and... Uh, so that slowed everything down, you know. And that's how this whole thing started because, you know, the Ram Band didn't have studios and these guys did. Mm-hmm. How is, uh, if I may ask, how has the tinnitus been for you? I can't even imagine what that's like living with. Well, it's a bit of a shock the first year, you know. You run around and try and get cures for it, which there is none, you know. Right. Uh, you get used to it and you can get hearing aids that lessen it. You know, they kind of, it's basically a frequency. So if you can get a hearing aid with a frequency that can sort of cancel out that, you know, the, the COVID, uh, the uh, the frequency, mm. that would be fabulous. But you can't, but you can get it to lessen. It'll cut it by half, you know. And I'm used to it now. You do get used to it. Ah, okay. I uh, but I, I don't, you don't know really what's going to happen on stage, stuff like that. I can't use the ears. I know that. Okay, so I guess that that does beg the question when you were able to, you got used to it enough where you were able to record and sing, but you don't think you yeah. can do that live? If it was quiet. Mm, if it was yeah, quiet. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's probably acoustic, but the way I'm going to go, which I probably would have done anyway, to be honest with you, because I'm not a young man anymore. Nobody wants to see a 85 year old jumping around you know i beg to differ i saw bb king when he was 86 and he was awesome yeah yeah so uh, that's something else yeah too. but he done uh, i don't know I, I i don't know i kind of like the acoustic idea you know q and a something like that uh, well that's a good idea too as long as you're you're going out and 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 uh, hopefully not yeah. letting this uh to stop you so is that the the plan? It does like noise. It likes noise. Um, Tinnitus. If you go out and you have a night out and mm. you have a good time and you talk to your mates and everything, it quietens it right down. It does not like quiet. The, the tinnitus uh, hates silence. So when you wake up in the morning, it's such its worst. It's so strange. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And if you put the radio on, I mean, this is for people who may have tinnitus that listen to your podcast. If you get it really, really bad in the morning, shove the radio on top blast no matter what crap is channel it is <laughs> put it put it on really and maybe 20 minutes later your tinnitus will subside dramatically wow it like it likes sound the only thing is it doesn't like too much sound i'm sorry you're, yeah. you're having to deal with this it, it seems frustrating yeah. but you have a, seem to have a good attitude about it and, and everybody's yeah and everybody's different you know what i mean so it's it's hard to advise anybody else Sure, but but uh, yeah, hearing aids do help, and um, like I say, you know, activity helps. It it, it doesn't like silence. Doesn't okay. Yeah, right. so first thing in the morning is not not good. Well, I I mean, I'm assuming as somebody who's always had music in their life, and you know, everyone wants to talk to you. It's you always have sound around you, other than when you first wake up. So um, yeah, are, are you, not too bad. Not too bad, I guess. So. Other than, of course, promoting this record, which is coming out uh, later this month on the 21st, I believe. Uh, yeah. And that's uh, just part one. So is it just part two, the plan, or do you want to go acoustic and maybe do some Q&A? Is that part of the plan, too, oh, no, or is no. that too far in advance? No, part, no, part two is louder than part one. Oh, part, louder. Okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, it's, it's a bit more rockier, you know, uh, a bit more... Uh, I guess I mean I tried to keep away. I tried to keep away from politics because of COVID and the Ukraine. You know what I mean? People are not feeling that happy anyway. So with this record, the part one, you know, I tried to keep it up. Mm. But uh, my natural inclination is, is, is slightly less uh, happy than that, and then it sort of comes out a bit more on uh, part two. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm assuming that's way down the road, though, part two. Or is it we're going to well, see it sooner rather well, than later? We did about 70% because Andy York is John Mellencamp's lead player. And John's out doing, I don't know, 70 dates. So maybe July we'll get it finished. Cool. Part, part two. It's about 60%, 70% done. And is it yeah. all in the secret vault of who's going to be on that record with you? Well, no, no, some are the, the, the same. Okay. And some, are diff- and some are different, yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, let me ask about some of the people that are on this record. Uh, I found mm. it really unique, the fact that you got Slash on the lead track, Defiance, which is still in my head, actually, since I heard it. Defiance. I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Yeah. But you put Duff... Not on the same song, obviously, as Guns N' Roses' uh, bandmate, but he put him on Angel. What was the decision behind that and that song with, uh, with uh, along with Duff, you got Brad Whitford and one of the songs that Taylor Hawkins plays on as well? It wasn't, uh, this is typical. Well, uh, this is a great thing about doing something like this because mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen. You know, Slash just sent it back as was, you know. So we sent it to... Um, John, uh, Robert Trujillo hmm. you know for Metallica because I'd done a thing with Robert for Jaco Pastorius uh, he did a movie about Jaco Pastorius and so Robert was kind enough to do the bass and then though they're in different studios if you listen to the bass and slash particularly at the end of solos it's quite amazing what goes on considering different times in different studios you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah and as, and as far as the Guns N' Roses thing goes, Taylor's supposed to play the drums on Angel, right? Uh-huh. It comes back. It comes back with Duff McGregor on bass. Um, he never told me about this. It just came back with Duff on bass. He's done all the harmonies on it, Taylor. And then he's done, uh, you know, what he's playing all the lead stuff right till the very end. And then you get this great guitar line comes in at the end. And that's uh, Taylor as well. So he not only plays drums on stuff, he sings all the stuff, you know, and he does all this. And that's that's why Duff's on one track and Slash is on the other. Oh, that's so funny because you didn't even know Duff was going to be on there. That was Taylor's doing. Plus Robert used the same bass that Jocko Pastorius used. Got it. Oh, on, wow. Uh, All, American, All American Alien Boy uh, many, many years ago. Yeah, he must have when he must have got hold of the guitar somewhere over the years. You Very know, it's cool. the first fat looks. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, a couple questions within that. I was hoping you could talk about your friend, the uh, the late, great Taylor Hawkins and the relationship that you had with him. Because I'm sure to you, like the rest of the world, it was a, a complete shock to, to lose him so young. It was a kick in the gut. I mean, I, I didn't really know him that well. I mean, I, I'd okay. seen him in LA. I met him in LA, and I, we did a lot of phoning, obviously, around the time he was doing because he wanted to do everything. He wanted to do the whole two albums. Hmm. But then, uh, as COVID started dying off, the Foo started making a move again, you know. So he, he wound up, he did seven. He did three on the first and four on the second. Okay. But the guy was. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever met Joe Elliott? I've interviewed him, but I have not met him. He's just on over the well, phone. Well, he's uh, same sort of thing. Highly enthusiastic, hmm. encyclopedia. Just a great guy in the prime of his life. I mean, he was doing Aussie. He was doing Iggy. He was doing, you know, obviously the Foos. He just twenty four, and plus he has a family. Yeah. You know, and and right in the middle of that, at fifty, you know, it was it was awful, awful what happened. Uh, yeah, we, we lose so many of the, the greats in our rock and roll world, and at least we can talk about a couple of survivors that, it being Slash and Duff, who are on your record, they've notably uh, have spoken about their their path. Uh, do you have uh, maybe a closer friendship with like with Slash um, and, and where that goes back to, maybe the first time you met them? And also, I would just love to know your perspective on on Guns N' Roses, like when Appetite for Destruction first hit, like what you, what you were you? Well, yeah, them yeah. and Nirvana saved the day, you know. I mean, rock and roll had virtually disappeared, uh, as far as I was concerned. Nirvana and Guns N' Roses, mm. they were the only ones with the fuck you, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but I, I just remember, we did the Palace in L.A. with me and Ronson, and Slash turns up, this is way back. This is before they were big. 
So Axel's last turn up at the gig, and they're not really turned up for us. They turned up for Steve Jones from the Pistols. Okay. Because he, he was opening, he was opening for us. But then Steve had met two mud wrestlers, two female mud wrestlers. <laughs> so when he finished his set, he disappeared, right? So Axel and Slash are sitting upstairs. And then my youngest son was a baby at the time. And, and yeah, Axel actually had my youngest son on his knee. And they're both sitting there not knowing what to do. So Mick Bronson said, well, we'll do white light, white heat. So, okay. So they got up with us. And we did white light, white heat. And Mick, Mick sang it, and me and Axel were over the side there. He was doing his sway thing. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, and we, so we did the track, and everything went fine and everything. And then uh, they were arguing after. I always remember, because they were young. They were kids, though. And uh, they were arguing about who was who could drink and who couldn't, because they had a car. <laughs> and they had to take it in turns, who drove whom home. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they were arguing about that afterwards. And he's got my son on his knee, and I'm like, this is Guns and Roses. <laughs> they, they were in their infancy, you know. It was right at the very beginning. Oh, that's that's. They, yeah, that was the Palace Palace Theater. I don't know if they ever remember that, but that was the first time. That's brilliant. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, and and related, this is a question from uh, Katie. She this is on Twitter. I know we don't like it, but this is how I get some information. Uh, okay. She thinks is is he the reason is he Stradlin that great white covered one's bitten twice shy. Do you know about that? I don't know if he um, if he if he, if he heard knew that song or recommended. I don't know. I I, should, I probably should ask Alan Niven because I know him. But uh, well, yeah. Well, apparently, yeah. They the Guns and Roses. Axel said he found the track. Okay. And David Niven wanted it for you know the band that did it. Um, Great because White. Because he was he, yeah he managed Great White as well. Uh, and the the track it would have I mean it sold a couple of million. But if it had gone on the album that Axel wanted it to go on, it would have sold seven million. So I'm real upset about that. <laughs> oh, so interesting. So Axel wanted it for for Guns N' Roses, and but they, he found the song. Yeah, he yeah. found the song. Yeah, and David Niven, and then David Alan, Niven, Alan Niven. Yeah, he, sorry, I don't mean the correct. Alan Niven, a yeah. Scottish guy, right? Yeah, he sent uh, me this horrible. Yeah. He sent me this horrible note mm -hmm. over sixty bucks. Uh, like uh, here's your blood money and something and I, i'm like i'm scottish too i sent the note back i said i don't know what you're talking about so if you uh, next time you see him ask him what he was on about because i have the faintest <laughs> idea what he was on about alan's funny he uh he's from new zealand but he grew up in england and now he lives in arizona uh okay yeah i thought he was scottish that's that's too funny though that's a brilliant uh that's an interesting antidote by the way uh, but, but that's kind of leads into something I was going to ask while I got you here. Just a privilege and honor to speak with you uh, today about songs that could have been, you know, obviously famously all the young dudes came from David Bowie and suggested that. But is it true that Suffragette City as well? Suffragette? Well, that came for, yeah, David, we split up because we were doing these horrible gigs in Switzerland and we split up on the way home and then, David at that point was just forming a band, trying to form a band. So I guess the rats weren't together, hadn't come down as of yet. And uh, so Pete Watts, our bass player, rang him up for the gig. And he said, but you're in Mott, you know, and Pete said, no, no, we've, we've split. And uh, David said, you can't do that, you know, you've got to stay together to try this song. And he gave us Suffragette City, which... Like you know, we had good songs. We this was a good song, but it wasn't a great song. So we turned that down, and then he came back with a, a dudes, which he'd been trying himself. He'd been trying it in C, a different key. We took it up to F, and he liked what he'd done was uh, he'd used a lot of alto. So he's an alto player, so he'd done a lot of that on it, and he 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 was fed up with the song. He he hadn't. You know, he needed new blood, fresh blood. So, I mean, Mick Ralph did that great intro, mm. you know, and then all the choruses were done. And then it was like, well, the choruses are boring. So he, I did a little kind of rap thing here and there, you know, and that sort of made them less boring. And uh, two nights at Olympic Barnes and that was it. And I think, well, uh, Rock and Roll Queen, something like that was a B-side. We did two tracks in two two evenings, yeah. It's so fascinating just to think about that you guys were going to be done 
and how this song that has just carried on, because I've been in classic rock radio, it's still a staple of classic rock radio all these years yeah. later. Does that, again, to reflect earlier in the conversation, you don't seem like somebody who reflects often. You're living in the moment and going forward. Do you reflect, yeah. do you reflect on that, being like maybe how close you could have been to maybe not taking, to turning that song down as well from David Bowie? Oh no, no! Okay. He sat on the floor. He sat on the floor, and we were sitting around. And we, as a band, were always arguing. Uh, but that's the one thing we never argued about. He sat on the floor. He played that song, and we were like, "Yes." Ah, uh, okay. You know, I, I knew I could sing it. Uh, we knew it was a hit. He didn't. Hmm. You know, second night before the end chat that I did on it, he was sitting there. Very quiet, and what's the matter? He said, "This isn't the single. One of the boys, one of the boys was the B side. One of the boys is the single." And we looked at him like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> no, no, this is way ahead. It's boring. It's going round and round and round. At the end, nothing's happening. So that's when I did the little chat. Yeah, he, 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 I forget what he asked me. What did he ask me? Oh no, I was just asking you about just that that moment. If if there was a moment, like, what if you uh, said no? And it's just like an interesting this decision, this one decision. No, no. Yeah, so no, it, you, it was so obvious that song was a hit. Okay, because you could have had another hit with Suffragette City. So I'm just that's why I was wondering if how no. if it was close with all the young dudes as well. Uh, no, see what happened was radio was close to us because we'd already had a couple of singles out, and in Britain it was just the BBC. Mm. And if two singles stiffed, you weren't going to get no more airplay. I got gotcha. you, but that also I guess. With the technology and and, just, and we were talking about uh, Twitter and the internet and how things have changed and you just want to make music and you've always been like that and not worried about the um, it's like how you compared yourself I've read that you, how you compared yourself to to Bowie that it was just about rock and roll it wasn't like a, a business to you but unfortunately no. it is a business so mm. um, the recent one of your recent interviews there the headline is like David Bowie and Ian Hunter were never friends and you don't say that necessarily. You, you just talk about like we wouldn't hang out. We got a he was a great guy. We 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 uh, yeah. So, but they turned to something salacious. So, is that something you even think about at your uh, veteran status? I didn't want to save your age, but do you even no, do you even care about the press at all at any at, at this point, or is it, is it just about the music? Or I guess what, what's your thoughts on clickbait? And because I have to worry about that too. I interview you. Who knows what they're going to turn it into? It's just, uh, it sucks. I try to be ask fair questions and not put people. Oh, in the I've been accused of all kinds of things over the years. <laughs> I mean, you know, newspapers, same sort of thing, right? Yeah. Now, David, David and I were not in the same neck of the woods. You know, just as personalities. You know, I had my mates. He had his mates. Yes, I went to Haddon Hall. We had a great time. I had a great time with uh, Dave. Was one uh, extremely generous with his time. The year we were with him, you know, uh, he went out of his way, and it was at a time when he was making his own way too. Do you know what I mean? So it was very generous mm. of him to, you know, Iggy Lou, all the different things he was doing. Normally, you know, you get uh, an ambitious person; they're just gonna do it for themselves, right? all their energy into their own thing. David wasn't doing that. He was he was helping us out. He was helping Iggy out. He helped Lou out, you know. Well, hopefully um, the headline from this says, you know, Ian Hunter says David Bowie, generous and gracious. It just it bothered me saying that, you know, this ne these negative headlines that people pick up and just getting to talk to you and know you for a little bit. I was just wondering if that irked you at all as well, but you're used nah. to it, so good for you. You're, that's... Oh, I've been shot kittens, you know. I've been... <laughs> <laughs> you name it. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. no, I can't. No, it's, it's just, you know, you, there's a percentage of idiots and they're in the press as well, you know. What are you going to do? You're right. You're absolutely Life's right. Life's too short. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, to go back to the album before we, we wrap up here, is there something that you want the listener to take away from this album? Because when I first heard it, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel about awards and stuff, but this has to be nominated for like album of the year. Your voice, the way it flows, the meaning behind it, who you have on it, you know, with Jeff Beck and Taylor no longer with us. I mean, this is a special record. So I'm just curious what you want people to take away from it I, I think it's a special record you know and i think it's a complete record usually there's one i don't like <laughs> really okay it's, 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 it's there's always one on every album you know like 
and sometimes a complete album, but there's always one <laughs> that's annoying, you know. But this album, I'd like I'd like people to think it was complete. That's what I'd like. Okay. A complete record, you know, like a complete album. Which is rare nowadays because people are going on TikTok and listening to altered versions in 30 seconds. So that's why this is... Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. this I don't know the last time I listened to a complete album, but I listened to all of oh. Defiance Part 1. I definitely did, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. So I'm well, looking, I'm looking forward we'll to part thank two. You for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to part two. Well, I, I'm lucky. I got to stream it first. So, it, yeah. but people can pre-order it now, and so is the yeah. best, best place uh, IanHunter.com for all things Ian Hunter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Very cool. And uh, one other question. Uh, it kind of leads back to something we touched on before with the acoustic stuff. This is from a from Facebook, Nathan. Any chance we'll see uh, all the young dudes played live again? I don't know. You know, I got to finish part two of this. You know, one thing at a time. Okay. And there's something else. There's something else going on towards the end of the year which I can't talk about yet. But uh, hopefully, yes. You know, we'll see. I mean, I have tinnitus. Got to get around that. You know, there's always ways. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, your health is first and foremost. Uh, yeah. It sounds that you sound great. The album I, I, I've said sounds great, and I just really can't thank you enough for your, for your time, and I hope we get to do this again. Well, thanks, Brian. I appreciate that, mate. Wow. I say this often, but what a honor and a privilege to have this opportunity to interview a great like Ian Hunter, and I can only thank you for this opportunity because this uh, Appetite for Distortion podcast that is one away from 400, never imagined it, really never did. With all my years working in radio and I haven't been like on the air in a long time. It's been a few years because that just kind of sucked the soul out of me, to be honest with you. Being on the air, talking between songs. Well, yeah, then maybe there's a part of me that still wants to do that and maybe will do that again in the future. But I just never had opportunities to do this, to interview guests long form, to connect with fans. You know, being a part of a station, you're a part of a station. It's the whole, and I love it. It's a team aspect. But this, this is me. This is the guest. This is you. This is so personal, and I just would never get these opportunities if it wasn't for uh, podcasting and what it's become, and you for giving me a reason, because if it was just one or two of you Guns N' Roses fans, I think I would just call it a day (laughs) and be like, no one's listening. Oh, well, but that hasn't happened, so Ian Hunter, wow, and we'll see what happens for episode 400. The the big thing is whether that's going to happen before or after my son is born. So that's the next phase of my life. And perhaps the podcast. He, uh, he may be a future co-host. We'll see what, what happens. I, I want to, I do want to buy him a plush microphone, you know, <laughs> some teething microphone, something like that. And just have him next to me when I'm doing episodes. But obviously I'm going to need to take a break for a bit because I just don't know. I've never done this before. My first kid out of crying and, uh, changing pooper diapers, especially when my wife goes back to work after a couple months. I, I just don't know what the future holds as far as how frequent in the next episode. It's really going to be the Axel version of soon is the word. But as I always say, keep uh, your eyes and follow. Conversation continues in between the broadcasts on social media. Facebook.com slash the AFD show at the AFD podcast on Twitter. Appetite for Distortion on Instagram. Uh, we're also on TikTok. Yes, it's I'm not doing dances. It's basically if you follow and subscribe on YouTube, which I heavily encourage you to do. It's the the videos I make, the short clips. You know what I've been focusing a lot on now are the YouTube shorts, as they are called now, 60 second videos, and trying to up my video editing game uh, with. Just pictures and gifts and and just different things. It's just that's not my. I grew up in the radio world, and now I got to combine it and then learning by myself how to do video editing. And there, are, I, I appreciate the feedback on it is really cool. So posting a lot of those on YouTube uh, to hopefully kick up the, the subscriber count. And same thing on, on on TikTok. So follow anywhere in between to see what's going on with me and and uh, baby brownstone <laughs> in a few weeks. Uh, but before we wrap up, uh, let's do a couple segments, okay? Because if this is the last episode before for a while, uh, let's have some fun. So let's do 
some shotgun news. News. First, you may have heard about Power Trip, the big festival happening in California with Guns N' Roses, Iron Maiden, Metallica, ACDC, Tool. I mean, it's just holy shit. This is like a dream, a dream concert for people. It's just, it's just, it's two bands a day. And aside from the star power, think about all like the headlines and the storylines. It's almost like a wrestling thing, you know, with, with Guns N' Roses, who I think are going on the same day as Iron Maiden, right? What about the whole Axel didn't want to open for Iron Maiden back in the day and, and uh, Bruce Dickinson wanting to punch Axel in the mouth? What about those things? Like what? And then you got ACDC coming back with Brian Johnson. Is is Axel going to go on stage with Brian? Like is, is, is that going to be kind of addressed at all? Just for, very fascinating. So uh, and then Ozzy, Ozzy returning. Is he going to be performing in a wheelchair? We thought he was done. We, we, we don't know. So that is quite interesting. Uh, Metallica, of course, with Guns N' Roses and Metallica's history. That's, so that's just, uh, you know, watch out for any pyro. Although, if you remember, that was Lars's fault, the whole thing. I made a YouTube short recently of Pyro Pete telling that story in 60 seconds. So if you want to hear the pyro story, the, the, the Montreal riot story in 60 seconds, I made it. <laughs> I, I enjoy making them actually and then you got Tool Tool and Guns N' Roses or I should specifically say Maynard and Axel there's there's history there so you may know that Axel at one point had a had a Yoda she was referred to as Yoda Sharon Maynard uh, which is interesting because she, she gave him she gave Axel warning about Maynard James Keenan that he was stealing Axel's energy and also I guess stealing the bandmates as Josh Freeze and Billy Howardell left to go to a perfect circle so she believes she convinced Axel at that at least at that time and what I've been told that Maynard was, was just like an evil spirit you know stealing Axel's energy and it's just like what <laughs> so that's obviously many years ago so you just don't know and Axel who knows the way you've always heard about him he just may be in his own trailer and world the entire time and does not cross paths with any of these bands but it's interesting isn't it so if you have the means I mean if I had the means I would 100% go but you got to pay I mean not aside from the fact that I'm gonna have a small child at this point in time you know, I'd have to go across country, and it is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But if I guess if you have the means, that's a good weekend. That's a good weekend. So just for right now, the only Guns N' Roses show that I'm going to, and I'll have to get a babysitter for, is uh, the one in New Jersey. And I'm not – I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to going to New Jersey again to see them again at MetLife Stadium. That's also where I'm seeing Metallica this summer as well. So I'm kind of getting a like a third of the power trip over in a couple weeks. I'm getting a, a version of that, I guess you could say. But I want to be able to travel. Like if you were going to power trip, I want to travel with you, metaphorically speaking. So again, I am going to do the uh, the fan reviews. You, your fan reviews. So if you're going to power trip. Perhaps if you're also going to MetLife and you want to do a review with me, if you're going to Fenway Pack up in Boston, if you're going to see them somewhere else in California, if you're going to see them in doesn't matter what state or what country, and I really emphasize that, what country that you're going to see Guns N' Roses in, and you want to review the concert, and I'll, let's just say the next day, okay? Because sometimes they do, they do catch up with me. I noticed that last year where I'm like, it's hard to schedule especially when most of you have normal jobs. I don't have a normal job. I get to do mine from home, which is radio. I can record usually whenever. Uh, so let's try for the next day. Uh, but just hit me up regardless. Let's see if we could do something on social media, on on email through email, show at gmail.com, and we'll do some more fan reviews when it's appropriate. Okay? So we have at least, I can tell you that to go forward with. I don't know if... 
my I'm gonna have to do it when my wife's home to watch the baby. I don't know if I'm gonna have to change a diaper during the episode. It's all up in the air. <laughs> it's all up in the air as far as uh, uh, the baby brownstone is concerned. Is it cute to nickname a baby after heroin? But baby brownstone just sounds so cute. I mean, it works. And it's an alliteration. I like alliterations. So uh, that that's fun to look forward to. And also something to look forward to. And part of Shotgun News, new music? Not from Guns N' Roses. But from Izzy Stradlin, that's like even more of a what? <laughs> I, I want to thank the, the Izzy Stradlin concert petition social media for sending me this uh, via DM. And I know a lot of you send me Guns N' Roses news all the time on DM, whether it's on Facebook and Instagram or Twitter, which I appreciate because as somebody who does not have a producer, you were all my little producers. I will say like 90% of the time I've seen it already. <laughs> so if I don't respond or just give you a thumbs up, it's just like, you know, I don't mean to be rude sometimes. I have to keep the conversation short. Otherwise, I'm on social media all day. I can't do it. Much more than the posting. I can't always have like full-on conversations uh, in the DMs. But I still always encourage you to do so. So they sent me an Instagram from Criteria Recording Studios in Miami. Now, I want to give credit to... The hardcore Izzy Stradlin bands that knew something like this was coming. That they saw the former bandmates of the Juju Hounds. They were posting stuff. They were all in the same city, same time. Oh, what's what's going on here? So I was sent this. It's a recording studio with a couch. There's uh, an amp. There's mic set up. And it says, wrapping up a week of grooviness with Izzy Stradlin in Studio A. Just a couple more guitar parts using some of uh, Willow River's ribbons. And, you know, hashtag Izzy Stradlin, hashtag Rick Richards uh, tweeting at or uh, adding Taz Bentley. Just even hashtagging GNR. What's going on here? Is there new Izzy Stradlin music on the way? I have no idea. So I did my due diligence as, as far as I will push as a... I know a journalist, whatever. I have a BA in broadcast journalism. Can I call myself a journalist, I think? So I did uh, message them, the, uh, the recording studio, and they were very respectful, and, and I didn't, was not expecting anything in there. Uh, sorry, we, we can't speak. I did not ask for Izzy because I just thought that was just too much of an ask right away. Like I said, if there was anybody at the recording studio I could speak with, please let me know. So they wrote back this, and it's very it's very cool. Unfortunately, no, we can't talk. Uh, I'm not even sure if the post was Izzy approved. <laughs> Usually don't post about our, any of our clients while sessions are ongoing. But somebody did, <laughs> I guess. It hasn't been taken down, so I guess it was okay. Uh, this person said, One thing I can say was that Izzy is a very cool, respectful guy. His whole team was a joy to work with. So look at that. Confirmation. Working with Izzy on what? don't know soon is the word <laughs> he may not be in guns and roses anymore but he still has that approach i guess just wow so what's going to come out first new guns and roses or new izzy stradlin my prediction is uh they might be at the same time i think we can we're going to get a couple guns and roses singles this year i think they're going to be i have no information by the way this is just a total guess uh just an educated get not even educated just a guess Maybe even more of a wish or a hope than a guess is that we're going to get something like a, a hard school and absurd, something that was written uh, 20 years ago and reworked on by Slash and Duff and, and hopefully the rest of the band as well. And, and that's what we're going to get. And hopefully when the tour is over, like Slash has said, they're going to finally get into a studio together to record all new music. So that's my guess. So if they're recording now, Izzy, and maybe with the Juju Hounds, I don't know. Maybe it would be amazing if we saw, we got both by the end of the year. Wow, wouldn't that be something? New GNR and new Izzy by the end of the year. And if we get that, and if you listen to both at the same time, you can pretend it's a bigger reunion. You might also suffer a seizure <laughs> if you do that. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty cool uh, as far as shotgun news. And another segment I, I want to do before I uh, I wrap up is is Mr. Mailstone. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Yes, 
So this is from uh, Jason Lloyd. And uh, where is Jason from? He is from uh, Queensland, Australia. I have a lot of Australian listeners. That means a lot. We'll see if I ever make it there one day. Because that is, what is it, 20 hours on an airplane? And you guys got spiders. I'm sorry, I can't deal with those huntsman spiders. I love watching videos of them. That's about it. A spider that is as big as a puppy? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. They may be like kind of harmless in the world. No, I'm sorry. I can't. You guys have too many freaking creatures down in Australia. Anyway, I digress. He writes, Good day, Brando. <laughs> sorry. Good day, Brando. I had to do that. Uh, bloke, hey. Man, I love hearing the different ways people speak all over the world. It's so, I love it. That's why I really encourage these fan reviews. Uh, hey, are you aware of the meaning behind, first he says this, uh, behind Slash's tattoo stating D-T-U-D. D-T-U-D. Asking for a friend. By the way, I did not know that, so I had to look it up. So what it means, it's the, the, the tattoo that Slash, you may know, it's just the skull with the top hat um, and with, with Guns N' Roses on his uh, his shoulder. I think it's maybe his left shoulder. And underneath, it says in a ribbon, D-T-U-D, drink till you drop. I'm more aware of Axel's tattoos, I guess because I'm more of an Axel guy, but it's never, I never really thought about it, so I looked it up. So thank you for asking that question, and now I know. And if you didn't know, now you know. The more we know, G.I. Joe. Uh, so that's what I mean. And thankfully, Slash doesn't drink anymore. He's, and he said, oh, man, your podcast is a revelation. I listen while mowing fucking lawns and gardening during work and has placed a thousand smirks upon my dial. Keep it up, man. You provide brilliant relief amongst this vanilla world. That means so much to me. You have no idea. Because I just, all the time, I I, I just think that people don't listen. That this is, uh, that I plateaued. That I've reached all the people I'm going to reach. And then just, I get messages like this all the time. And it's from different parts of the world where you never know if my sense of humor or the way I speak is going to translate. You know, that was the big worry with me with just in radio. Could I really get a job outside of New York and Long Island with my, with my accent? But just the fact that I... Wherever you listen, just people all over the world. This is very, very cool. And I'm grateful for the translate options for uh, on, on social media that I'm able to communicate with a lot of you. But that doesn't or, <laughs> that doesn't apply to Australia. We both speak English. So just uh, I just wanted to say thank you, Jason, because I got this uh, that message this morning as I'm recording this. So again, episode 399. Don't know what's in store yet for episode 400. I do... Have a, I'm waiting to hear back from a couple people, hoping that uh, someone big joins. Nothing I want to spoil yet, you know, necessarily, but we'll see if it happens. You know, what one I'll, I'll say that I keep trying for uh, is Kurt Loader. I keep trying for him. Uh, I'm never really going to know. It's more of like I pass this message along and wait to hear back, and I don't hear back. I did get a pass uh, from Steven Adler's people. He was doing a show. Uh, in New Jersey, and I kind of, you know, I'm like, I'm on Q, I have a, my podcast is on Q1043's website, you know, a big uh, Jersey listening base, and I think it's just, he's being very careful. I believe he did like a print interview with Blabbermouth or something like that, uh, and I get it, and I, I do, I sadly, it sucks, but I get it, because no matter what, if I didn't ask him any questions about Guns N' Roses, there's always that potential for a website to be to say to turn it into something and in this way at least the, i don't know it's just more careful hoping in the future and if anything i'm just grateful they uh, responded that means a lot no is okay no is okay i got a no from extreme it sucks but it's okay like i can deal with with that uh at least i know i can move on and if you say it in a nice way, you know, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I think we're going to pass this time. You know, if I get back, hey, you fucking suck balls. Not that it's ever happened, but it's, that would be a weird, that would be very unprofessional if somebody said that. Uh, but no, that's, no is okay. It sucks, but it's okay. When things get canceled on me, I think that's when I get, I get bummed out. Like when Duff was uh, canceled on me for things, uh, still bummed out about that. But I actually, speaking of which, let me end here. So in the meantime, 
if you would like to help out with uh, my sweet child of mine and, and, and me uh, as this pot and just contribute to the podcast in general, I had I just set up a those link tree links where if you it's if you go to my Twitter or Facebook or any of them, it's the, it's the link that's available and it has everything on there, whether all my social medias, my YouTube, where you can listen on uh, where you can listen on uh, the links to Appetite for Horror, my horror podcast spinoff. Uh, and also my Patreon. So you can donate to my Patreon. And there, actually, I read you the email that was initially sent to me with the cancellation about Duff. And maybe it might provide further insight into my paranoia about how some people look at my podcast. Since then, like, I'm cool with that person to get other interviews other than Duff. But it's just like a, just a fucking bummer. So I'm going to do, I might do those, more of those. I, I am going to do more of those, but I may do those more frequently because uh, I don't have to worry about uh, a guest just doing a Patreon episode. So there are a couple up there. I tell you what happened with uh, Roxana Shirazi when she tried to take over an interview. Like we were going to try working on, uh, on an interview with the Manic Street Preachers and she just kind of like tried to push me out of my own podcast interview. It was fucking weird. And maybe I'll post the whole story about what happened with uh, Kip Winger. Maybe you saw my social media posts about it that were taken down, that I took down. Uh, if not, well, you'll have to listen on Patreon when I do that episode. <laughs> okay, there's, there's a teaser for you. And also one other thing before I get out of here, I haven't addressed this that I slightly edited the intro music I, I tweeted this but i didn't say it on the podcast yet so it's just that's because of a youtube rule change uh that if you have a curse in the first three seconds that they're going to like demonetize your video and you know axel going what do the fuck you are right, right away i was like oh shit <laughs> Uh, nothing has happened to my channel, my videos, but I'm just playing it on the safe side because I just put so much effort into my YouTube channel and my videos that I didn't want that to be the reason it was taken down. So if you were wondering, that was why. So that does it for episode number 399. When will you see 400? Well, the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. security, I'm going home.